0: It is finished. The end of his life has come. Jesus' lifeless body remains on the cross, broken and bloody. The disciples have scurried off to who knows where, fearful that they too may be condemned to death. Only the women remain now near the cross. They are fearful too and powerless to do anything. Their devotion to our Lord is unwavering, even in the midst of the danger and the horror of this moment. They stand by, keeping vigil for their beloved. Has this really happened? Can it be the one whom they followed, the one they believed was the Messiah, has really perished upon this cruel instrument of torture and death? Yes, yes. It is true. It has happened. And the only thing left to do is to find a way to bury his life, his body, before dark on this day of preparation for the Passover Sabbath. But they remain powerless, without hope, maybe for this moment without faith and with little energy to love. Joseph of Arimathea, and as we hear in John's Gospel, Nicodemus, come to the cross. Both of these men are members of the Sanhedrin, the council who just hours before put Jesus on trial and then sent Jesus to Pilate for yet another mock trial. Council members had been among the crowd yelling out, Crucify him! Crucify him! We don't know why these men did not speak out earlier. We do know that Joseph was fearful of the Jews and was a secret follower of Jesus. We know that Nicodemus had come at an earlier time to Jesus in the dark of night to learn more from this rabbi who spoke with great authority. What we don't know is what would have happened if, as members of the Sanhedrin, These two men of power and distinction had spoken up in objection to the plan to kill Jesus early that morning in the darkness of the breaking of this horrible day. Maybe this crucifixion would not have happened, but at that time, like the women still huddled together near the cross, they were speechless and powerless. But now... Now everything is different. Everything has changed. Jesus has died. In his death, the work of the cross continues. For as Jesus had foretold, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Joseph and Nicodemus, though once silent and powerless, are now drawn to Christ like never before. They can no longer hide their faith in Jesus. They can no longer remain frozen, unable to act. They can no longer sit idly by and just let things happen. They find themselves empowered in a new and different way. Joseph goes goes boldly to Pilate and asks for Jesus' body, almost unheard of after a crucifixion. I can only imagine what Pilate thought at that moment. Joseph is not acting in his own best interest. Of course, Pilate would have been aware of the ancient Jewish law that required the burial of anyone executed by hanging on a tree to take place on the same day that the execution has occurred. So that the corpse would not become a curse, and as a result, the land become defiled. Perhaps that is why Pilate so readily agreed to the request. But that's not why Joseph, that is not Joseph's motivation at all. Joseph is acting out of sorrow, out of love, out of faith. A faith that has been set on fire. Suddenly, his relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in his life, and he is now able to risk all that he has in order to properly bury Jesus. We are told in John's Gospel that Nicodemus brings a significant amount of expensive myrrh and aloes when he arrives on the scene. He, too, has been empowered in a new way and is willing to bring an offering of sorts to this broken moment. Together, these two men moved Jesus to a newly hewn and empty tomb, Joseph's own tomb, tomb according to Matthew. There, they tenderly wrapped the body in in linen, placing the myrrh and aloe in the cloth, as was the custom. Now they have risked it all. Those who were unable to speak earlier proclaim their love and connection with the crucified one in the open for all to see. By their actions at the tomb, they have been empowered to continue to grow in their relationship with their Lord. If you look closely at the gospel accounts of the burial of Jesus, you can see that The women were empowered, too, by their devotion and loyalty. They followed Joseph and Nicodemus to the tomb. They see the place and the manner in which Jesus' body is laid to rest. They witness the wrapping of the lifeless body, and then they watch as the tomb is closed. They become a continuing connection of the community of the faithful to Jesus at this time and this place, at this moment as he lays in the tomb. Little did they know that they will become witnesses of what lies ahead on the first day of the week as the sun rises. We can be so much like the women standing at the foot of the cross, We can feel powerless in the face of all with which the world tempts us, all that the world demands of us, expects of us, and extracts from us. The fear and silence of Nicodemus and Joseph can also be so much a part of who we are. We can be fearful of professing our faith in ways that may confront or offend those about us for whom this is just another Friday, just another end of the work week, just another opportunity to go home and celebrate the weekend. There are those for whom God is just a concept, not a reality, and the idea of the incarnation not to mention resurrection is just that, an idea and not a reality. But this is reality for us. We know that God's love is greater than anything else and all creation is greater than even death. That is who we are and what we know as followers of the crucified Lord. We are the transformed women, the empowered friends and followers. We have this day stood beside the cross. We have witnessed the trials. We have watched the crucifixion, and now we are at the burial. We have seen the stone rolled into place, and now we join the others as we wait for what lies ahead, at this time unknown. And then we will be empowered to proclaim from the rooftops that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen.